Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody, what is going on? Today is Wednesday, it's the 13th of June, 2018. I am once again rolling along in the old mobile studio. Apologize for not getting the show out a little sooner, but things kind of transpired against me and I was unable to do so. All right, let's get some of that contact info going. I do have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you would like to send in an email or if you would like to record your own audio and have me get that on the show for you, I'd be more than happy to do that. Email address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. The website is firearmscafe.com. And if you go over there, you'll find buttons for Facebook and for YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You will also find a PayPal donation button. And anything you want to send my way is greatly appreciated. And I wanted to give a shout out to Lawrence who kind of stayed the course there was a little bit of a snafu he had sent in a donation uh, but the way that it had gotten sent in and I'm not criticizing Lawrence at all and I what I'll do too, Lawrence is I'll send you maybe a, uh, an email kind of explaining some stuff but regardless uh, it didn't work the first way that he sent it so he went to the website and actually did the donation button and it, it got to me Easy peasy. Okay, so let's talk about what I am doing today. So in Arizona, where I live, we still have private sales of firearms, meaning that you can uh, sell or buy firearms to your fellow uh, state citizens. There are some rules or guidelines or some due diligence that you need to do and what we'll do is we'll talk about that here real quick so the first thing we'll go over is if you are a uh, a buyer so let's say you're going to buy a, a firearm from somebody your due diligence basically boils down to i don't think this gun is stolen and i think this this is this guy's property and he's selling it to me that's pretty much it. Now, obviously, if the, if the person was 12 years old or something like that, that's going to kind of queer the deal for you. But as long as you think that person is an adult and there's nothing kind of hinky going on there, you're pretty much good to go. Now, as a seller, you do have a few more things that you want to be aware of. And those things would be that you would want to make sure that the person is a Arizona resident, that they're old enough for the particular type of firearm that they're purchasing. So if they're purchasing a handgun from you, you'd want to make sure that they are uh, 21. If it's a long gun, they can be 18. You uh, Again, I think I said you want to make sure that they are, of course, an Arizona resident. Uh, a lot of times when I've sold stuff and even bought stuff, you want to see that they have a CCW permit. Uh, sometimes 
people will put that in the listings. Oh, CCW's only or CCW's preferred or something like that. Anyway, as long as you do that stuff and as long as you don't think that that person is a felon, a prohibited possessor, or is doing a straw purchase so they're buying the, the uh, firearm for somebody else who would otherwise not be able to purchase someone on their own, meaning that they couldn't pass a background check, then you're good to go. And uh, again, you don't have to go through tons and tons of hoops. It's just you have to kind of use your gut instinct and sort of trust yourself, that type of thing. It is... Uh, some people will ask, well, what if a guy is buying a pistol for his wife or a woman or a wife is buying a pistol for their husband? Again, if that were the case, if they were telling you that, you would probably say, well, I need to meet that person or um, I, need, I need to you know, know that he's not uh, a felon and uh, that everything's kind of copacetic. Again, you just want to avoid a, a straw purchase type thing. But if it's a deal where even if the husband and wife was there and they're saying, oh, you know, I'm buying this, this is her Christmas present and blah, 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 you know, you'd be good to go as long as you had the ID from both of them and as long as you, again, don't think it would be a, a straw purchasing type of deal. So that's what I did today. In fact, I just got back from that. I uh, met a young man and I sold one of my pistols. And uh, this will tie into some of the feedback that we've got coming up here in a little bit. But I ended up, I had a, and I'll put some, I'll put the photos of them up on Instagram when I get back today. I had a uh, FNH FNP 45. Now it wasn't the tactical version, but I've had that thing for a while. Never had any problems with it. Never had any failures to feed or failures to extract. It pretty much, you know, chewed up and spit out any ammo that I put in it. Uh, overall, it was a good gun. Um, I even tried to carry it concealed a few times. Was able to do it, but it's pretty big and it's pretty heavy to do that. So uh, it turned out that I thought, oh, well, maybe this can be sort of the nightstand gun or the night gun that I put, you know, kind of by the bed and then lock it up, goes back in the safe. And with that, it was fine, but, and I also had envision of, oh, it could be a truck gun if we're going up north in Arizona, you know, something like that, and then my wife could use it as well. But it was a little big for that, for her, for, to be able to use it and to shoot comfortably. Now, as far as how it shot, it had the recoil impulse was a, was a instead of a sharp thing it was a it was a soft push and maybe because the slide's so heavy and thing like that maybe the ergonomics of the gun uh, which another thing the ergonomics of the gun was fun too so it was a fine gun however it was one of those things where it was just a safe queen uh, if if it was a deal where we weren't going to use it either my wife or myself was just you know it's like well it's kind of time to get rid of that stuff so one of the uh, things we talked about on a previous show was that out here, one of the main ways that you would buy and sell firearms was through Backpage. Well, of course, Backpage got seized. The government says, oh, you're, there's a sexual predation or, or there's prostitution. There's, you know, um, all this kind of stuff is going on. That's what it's being used for. So we're going to, you know, there's illicit, illegal materials. Whether you think that stuff should be illegal or not, eh, that's, you know, up to you. Anyway, so once that kind of got shut down, and like I was saying before, that was kind of one of the major uh, 
classified ads, I guess we could say, you know, or, or the major way that you could list stuff and get things out there. And it worked pretty well, you know, people did it uh, pretty good. And there was always tons of listings and everything. So what I ended up doing was going over to arms list. And right now, well, I'll, I'll delete my FMP, the, uh, the, the FN45 off of there, FMP45. And I will, uh, the, I've got a car P380 um, that's up for sale there for right now. So if you guys search that, you can probably find one or maybe I'll put a link to it in the show notes or something like that and you can check it out if you want. So anyway, oh, and that's another thing. If if somebody was out there and they wanted to buy it, you know, I I uh, if you're in Arizona, you're out in the in the Phoenix area, I can we can meet up and I can let you take a look at it and see what you think. Or if you live somewhere else, the only thing is you just um, if you looked at it, contact me, and then we'd have to go through an FFL, especially if you're out of state or anything like that. So anyway getting back to the uh the fnp i liked it like i said it was a good gun but it was just time for it to go and it's one of those things where i'm going to use that money to fund my uh one of the builds that i'm wanting to do which is a basically like an ar9 now uh, i'm going to be pulling in here to the destination here in a second so we will uh, maybe be bringing this part to a close here in a couple of minutes so anyway i've got some feedback from spencer that i will be reading but i'll be doing that in the home studio so anyway the transaction we'll get we'll get kind of back to some of that stuff anyway this uh, i'm selling some of this stuff to kind of help fund some things that i want to get uh, and to help kind of belay some of the costs and all that kind of jazz so anyway, I met with a guy, uh, it, you'll meet up through, uh, you, you have your listing on arms list, a guy will see it, and then usually you'll put contact information. They, they can send you an email, or a lot of times what people will do is they will just put their phone number, and then the way that you have to do it on there is you'll, you'll put your phone number like 123, but then you'll write out the number 3, you know, 456, write out the number 6, and that way... A weird robot thing can't come and get you and and put you on some weird call list or anything like that so anyway I went exchanged some text messages excuse me text messages with the guy we uh, a lot of times what you'll do is you don't ever meet at a person's house and they don't ever come to your house you never give that information out and generally stuff is cash only or sometimes you can do trades so let's say if i was looking to get a oh i don't know like a um, the vp9 sk or something and he happened to have one then we could sort of trade it on that um so generally we met up and made the transaction everybody sort of did their due diligence everybody showed their ids and all that kind of stuff and then the uh the exchange was made so anyway easy peasy no danger oh so a lot of times like i said you'll you'll meet in a separate place so a lot of times you'll meet let's say at a parking lot of a costco or or if you've got a sporting goods store that's around you or a target or something you meet where there's you know people around and things like that so that everybody kind of is you you still kind of have to use your brains and be safe and all that other stuff so all right, I am pulling into the destination. 
we will finish up the show uh, with a couple of bits of feedback and then we'll talk about some other stuff here Uh, but I will be doing that in studio all right guys I'll talk to you in a second or two Hey guys, you got Time Warp? It's actually Thursday the 14th. Let's talk a little bit about the culture wars. And then after that, we will wrap up the show with some feedback that we have. In looking at the culture wars, and this is, of course, pertaining to guns, some people would say, well, we've made a lot of good strides forward. Other people would say, well, we've been pushed back on as well. And I think both of that is true. I don't think it's we're in a, a place where we're just stagnant, where we're not getting any movement one way or the other. And I think even though things like YouTube, things like Google, things like eBay and some of these other Facebook and all these other places that are generally more run by liberal people and people that have more of a liberal political bent and a liberal philosophy... But I don't know if the public in general does. It seems that when push comes to shove, even if somebody isn't, let's say, uh, pro AR-15 or pro high-capacity magazines and in, in, in using their terminology, that they probably wouldn't say, well, you know, you should be able to have some type of firearm. Now, maybe they, again, they wouldn't say, well, you know, you don't need an AR-15 or you don't need an AK or you don't need X, Y, or Z, but you still, you should be able to have a shotgun. You should be able to have a deer rifle. You should be able to have a revolver. And those people, believe it or not, are probably more easy to reach or more likely to say, well, I don't think everything should be taken away and may be able to, at a later date, be able to see the light of day as opposed to People who are saying, well, there should be no guns. Nobody should have them. There should be no... And there's sort of two camps on that. You have some people that say, well, of course the government should have stuff. So the police and... And by police, well, that includes all... Any governmental agency. And the military should have stuff. But no civilian should have anything. And then there are the other ones in that camp that are even the further, who would say, well... Even our police shouldn't have it, and only very specialized units should have firearms if they're in the police. And of course, you know, it's going to be hard to to say unless you would abolish the military that the military shouldn't have weapons. But anyway, there are people out that are out there that are like that as well. But I think those people, those people that are the extremes, are not in the majority, and I think that most people across America are, again, more sort of in the middle of the road type thing. And we were talking a little bit, or I'd mentioned a little bit before, about YouTube and some of these other platforms out there. And it looked like a few days ago that Brownells maybe had their channel shut down, and I guess there was a lot of, and I I kind of found out about this a little bit late, but then there was a lot of people that contacted YouTube, and then Brownells sort of got reinstated rather quickly. So again, I don't know how this stuff is happening. I suspect that you have some anti-gun people that just go and are flagging every single firearms video that's out there as inappropriate. And then who knows if some algorithm, excuse me, some algorithm kicks in and it just says, well, you're getting shut down if they're getting too many 
too many hits, that type of deal. Speaking of YouTube and maybe other places where we could go, and I've talked about this stuff a lot before, and I will keep talking about it because I do think it is important. Uh, we do need to have a presence out there in the culture, and YouTube is part of the culture. And so I think that if you have any video content, go ahead and upload it there and just make sure that you try and follow the guidelines as best you can so don't put any links to people that sell actual firearms or things like that and make them drag us off of YouTube kicking and screaming. As far as full 30, I haven't seen anything that would allow the regular guy or maybe somebody who's just starting out to have a place there. Eventually, probably it will. I don't know. That stuff costs a lot of money to be able to do that. They do have a pretty good advertising base, but I don't know if it's ever going to be how it was for for gun channels over on YouTube that could maybe actually make a living off of that and uh, maybe could get some sponsorships and things like that. So who knows? But anyway, I do think that eventually Full 30, because it is primarily a firearms only type platform. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess there's stuff like hunting and other stuff like there, but I don't think it'll ever be a deal where you'll be able to go on there and find videos about putting in a dishwasher or this is how you put brakes on your car, that type of thing. Maybe they'll have more stuff where it's uh, hunting and prepping and things like that if it has to do with firearms. But again, I don't know. I don't know what their guidelines are. I don't know what their terms of service are as far as what kind of content they want on there. But kind of wrapping around and getting back to sort of the culture war thing, one of the things that's interesting now is a lot of times when you see certain political ads, they are, and, and by they I mean the left, and pretty much in any almost any Democrat, what you see them doing is they're saying, we're coming after your guns. We are... Uh, they'll they'll say stuff like, you know, take that NRA. I'm going to, you know, if I get elected, I'm going to uh, enact common sense gun registration or laws or, you know, whatever they're doing. But they're being more out in the open. And I think they are overplaying their hand a little bit. I think, again, they are misunderstanding or misreading the average person in America. Now, I... I had thought before that maybe 2018 was just the, when when the elections come around here in a few months that it was just going to be a total wipeout. I don't know if that's going to be the case now. Again, like I said earlier, the average person probably thinks, well, you should be able to own some type of firearms. And when you're getting these people that are saying we're going to take them, we're going to ban them, you can you're not going to be able to have anything. People don't want to hear that. And I guess part of it has to do with firearms ownership, but also part of it is, hey, I I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need you to tell me how to act. And that is basically the last few years, all that the progressive left-leaning or forward-leaning, I guess, to use their terms, that's all they've done. They want to tell you, you know, you're garbage and you need to live this way. And the double, excuse me, the double standards on things are all over the place. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about how much press some shootings get as opposed to others. 
And while they're all tragic events, we see that, number one, the left never, ever reports on any law-abiding citizen who uses a firearm to either save themselves or prevent a crime. That's never really brought up in the main, in the big media. So like on CNN and on some of these other things, unless they, it's such a big story that they can't avoid it, but then they'll talk about it just for a couple of days and then it goes away. And we saw this when the congressman got shot by that guy, uh, again, who was a registered Democrat and all this other stuff. Uh, when they were, they shot up, he shot at the, uh, when they were uh, playing or practicing baseball. There we go. Or softball, whoever knows what they're playing. And we saw where there was a shooting at a school where the shooter, I believe it was at a school, the shooter had a shotgun and a revolver. So again, that did not fit the narrative. And one of the things that I talked about on the show last time was about that FBI guy. Now, there, I think I have a few corrections on that. I think that, I don't know if he was, I said that he was at a wedding, but I don't know if he was at a wedding or if he was just at some bar. I don't, I don't know why I thought it was at a wedding. Maybe I had it been reported to me or, or I had seen something that it was uh, an after party from a wedding. You know, who knows? But I think it doesn't really matter. But he, you know, again, he was at the bar, did the backflip and his gun just shot right out. And then he immediately, when you watch the video, he immediately goes to pick it up and and shoots. And then he kind of puts up his hands like, oh, my bad. And he just walks away. He doesn't immediately do anything like, oh, is, is anybody okay? Did anybody get shot? He just kind of sheepishly walks away. And again, that really wasn't reported too much in the mainstream media. Had that been a guy who was a concealed carry guy, they, you know, they would have been laughing and, and carrying on about him. But of course, you know, you can't necessarily bite the hand that feeds you. Again, if you're saying that the reason uh, that only the police or law enforcement should have guns is because they're highly trained and they know what they're doing. And uh, we need to have those guys armed and armed all the time. And that way, if something goes down, they can stop them. Of course, they don't carry that logic over to say like, oh, well, guess what? A lot of these guys who are regular law-abiding citizens, they have a lot of training. And a lot of times, in many cases, you could argue that several of those individuals have more training than the average police officer. So anyway, that's kind of about, I guess we'll kind of call it a wrap on that as far as a little bit of the culture war stuff. Let me know what you guys think. Are you seeing where we're making more strides? Do you think we're kind of stagnating? Do you think we're getting pushed back a little bit? I kind of think overall we are making progress, but I'd like to hear from you guys and let me know what you think. You know, one thing I saw the other day, I was, and this is on a little bit of a different tact. I, I, I was looking at uh, Brownells or something like that, or one of these other places. And they had, a, it was a, there was a picture of a little kid with his dad and then he had a little blue you know like a little cricket 22 or something like that and that got me to thinking you know for kids guns it's all it would it would be kind of neat if you know because that is a gun and that is designed for uh, a, a kid you know for you to use with your kids and so it would be kind of cool if they and I know why it's not done because of the, of the way that the suppressor laws are 
But it would be kind of cool if some of those manufacturers, especially if suppressors, if we ever got the Hearing Protection Act passed and suppressors became kind of commonplace, that you would see a lot of these guns that are designed to be used by kids and, and their parents, that those things would come sort of, uh, what's it called, integrally suppressed, so where the suppressor is basically built right in or it just comes with it. And then that way you don't have to worry about uh, hearing damage and things like that. So anyway, just kind of food for thought. Let's switch over and let's do a little bit of the feedback that we got. We got some, I got some feedback from Barry and basically he was saying that uh, he likes the show, even though when I talk sometimes about maybe subjects that he's not a hundred percent interested in. And then he was asking about the, some of the end music that I was playing, which is uh, uh, piano and I think maybe violin in it. And what I've done, if you go over to the website and you can look on the show notes uh, for the episode, and I've uh, put the artist who did that. And uh, he and I just kind of had a little bit of an exchange, but it was nice to hear from you, Barry. And uh, thanks for sending that stuff in. And then we also have some feedback from Spencer. And Spencer is writing in about the pistol caliber caliber carbine. It's a little bit of a mouthful for me. And as you guys know, I had been talking about, well, what am I going to do? What do uh, I wanted to have a pistol caliber carbine. Should I go something like the Ruger route? Should I go something like an AR-9 type build? And so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and jump in with what Spencer has to say. And he writes, hey, Tony, I just wanted to weigh in on the whole PCC thing. And again, that's pistol caliber carbine. And I'll just refer to it as PCC from here on out. I was looking to build an AR-style 9mm carbine, but the cost and compatibility hassles kept it on the back burner. Then Ruger came out with their PC carbine, which you talked about, and I dumped the whole idea of an AR-based system and just bought one of those instead. The AR-style carbines have a lot of compatibility issues since there's no, quote, mil-spec AR-9. You find bolts that only work with certain triggers, magazine wells that only work with certain mags or require adapters and all kinds of other proprietary stuff out there. As you mentioned, the parts are also expensive compared to AR-15 parts. I'm guessing that simple economics of scale at work. In the end, it's probably cheaper and certainly less risky from a compatibility standpoint to just buy a complete AR-9. The only problem is that None of the large companies and very few of the second tier companies make AR9s. Almost all the suppliers are small boutique companies. These are the companies most at risk of disappearing over the next few years, leaving you to support a proprietary design. That's why I dumped the whole idea of an AR9 carbine as soon as I saw the specs on the Ruger. They both do the same thing allowed you to shoot 9mm ammo from a carbine platform, but the Ruger just does everything better. First of all, the cost is a lot less than an AR-9. I got one as soon as it was announced for $499, and a local store has them available for $459 now. I'm thinking that by the end of the summer, you'll find them around $400 on sale in some places. That's about half the cost of the AR-9 I was specking out and it's built and warrantied by one of the biggest names in the business. The takedown feature makes it very compact for transport, like an AR-9 pistol, 
while still giving you the rifle ergonomics and a full stock with adjustable length of pull. The ability to feed from any Glock mag reliably sets it apart from a lot of AR9s as well. Many of the AR9s only seem to work well with Glock brand magazines. The PCC has demos out there of it running with pretty much every Glock compatible mag I've heard of, including the drum mags. And by that he means the Ruger. The PC carbine is light, accurate, and even has a decent trigger. And given how well it seems to be selling, I also expect a pretty robust aftermarket for this gun. One thing I'm expecting pretty soon is Magpul's excellent 1022 takedown stock to be scaled up a little to fit this gun. I'm sure we'll also see a lot of trigger updates for it as well since it is so similar to the 1022 unit. To me, there is simply no reason to look at buying or building an AR9 at this point unless you specifically want it to have that AR15 look. The Ruger is simply better at almost everything a 9mm carbine should do than any AR9 I've seen out there. Great show and keep up the good work, Spencer in Smyrna. Then we get a PS, that's right. PS, one last thing. If you look at the magazine adapters Ruger uses, you'll see that they are actually pretty simple. Ruger sells them for the two main Ruger mag styles and of course Glock, but I'm not expecting them to support any other competitors directly. Although they might, you never quite know with Ruger. However, it wouldn't be hard for third parties to make adapters for other types of magazines. By this time next year, I would be surprised if you don't see adapters for the VP9, the CZP10, Beretta 92, and a whole bunch of other popular pistols. That's not something you will ever find in an AR9 type of carbine. Another huge win for Ruger in my mind. All right, Spencer, thanks for sending that stuff in. Well, my friend, we are going to have to agree to agree on some stuff and agree to disagree on some other things. For me, what I have decided to do is I am going to go with an AR9 type build. And I've rolled the dice before and sometimes I've gotten burned with it and sometimes it's worked out okay as far as maybe sticking with, oh, an oddball rifle, even that a main company makes. And I've gone also with a, you would probably call them like a third tier on another rifle that I bought. And I still have both of them and I thought about selling them and I think I may have talked about this before, but part of the problem, here's, here's what I have. I have a Robinson XCR-L, which is the 5.56 version. And it's a decent rifle, but the problems that I have with it is everything or, or a ton of stuff on there is so proprietary to them. And I also bought a while back, and I bought this one used off a guy. I bought the SIG 5.56R. And it was the second gen that had all the problems sort of ironed out of it. And it runs great and everything, but the aftermarket for it is no good. And I thought, well, maybe I'll sell it. But again, even though I bought it used, the price I bought it used for and what I could get for it today is such a big disparity that it's kind of like, well, you know what? I'll just keep it and and I'll, I'll be able to just kind of have that around and have fun with it. And it'll just be a... a a fun gun, and if I end up shooting the barrel out or whatever, well, you know, who knows. 
anyway, let's kind of jump back to the the whole the Ruger thing versus the sort of a, a, a AR9 or a, a something that has kind of AR15 ergonomics. I do like the ergonomics of the AR15. And I agree with a lot of what you said. Basically, probably there is going to be more support for the Ruger long term. That's a company that, but even with them, even sometimes the big companies, they still will abandon stuff. If it doesn't sell as well, they're not going to do it. If there's not enough sales out there for that particular gun, then the aftermarket is going to, they're going to say, well, there's no, there's not enough money for us to develop and support this thing. So even again, even with the big stuff, the big companies, you can still run into some of those issues, especially if that company decides, oh, well, we made a mistake. We got to abandon that thing. And then you might as well are, are kind of, or you're sort of in that same boat if you went with one of the boutique companies. So speaking of boutique companies, there is a company called Foxtrot Mike, which has a AR9 upper, a complete upper, and what we'll do is we'll also take this time to sort of talk about kind of the direction I've decided to go. Now, earlier I talked about that I had sold one of my firearms, and so I've, I've got a couple more that I'd like to sell, and then that will give me all the money that I need to to basically just sort of trade out some stuff that I'm not using. So anyway, Foxtrot Mike makes, it's got a side charger, which is right hand, or you can switch it over to, well, it would be on the left side of the rifle for a right-handed shooter, or it would be on, you could switch it over and have that side charging handle and uh, on the on the right-hand side of the firearm, so for a left-handed shooter. And because it's a, a blowback design, you don't have to worry about a gas tube and some of this other stuff maybe that you might have to if you were trying to do something with a side charging AR-15, that type of deal. So anyway... They've got uh, barrels. They've got a 16-inch version, I think. I know they've got a 10 and a half and an 8 and a half inch that are out there. And you can buy that complete upper. I've seen it on sale sometimes for as little as, I think it was like $309 one time. There was a blowout sale. But I can usually find it for around like 330 or so, right around there. And as, probably with Father's Day coming up here in a couple of days, maybe they'll be... Uh, one of those things will go on. Part of the problem is, they'll, I mean, they'll go on sale. Let me finish that sentence. Part of the problem, though, is that you can't, uh, be, be, well, because they're kind of a smaller company, they are not cranking out 50,000 of these so that the people that they do, the dealer, their, that are their dealers and distributors, they may only, even a big thing like Brownells, well, maybe they only get five or six of the eight and a half inch upper and primary arms and, and a couple other places, maybe that's all they get as well. They only get two or three. And so when those sell out, then they've got to kind of contact the company and say, Oh, send us a couple of more and, and, and we'll go, we'll go forward from that. So that's the upper I've decided to go with. Now they do make, as you were saying, they do make their own kind of proprietary lower they have their own AR9 buffer, uh, and they they use a little bit heavier duty um, buffer spring, and that stuff you know. So you you buy the upper, which it comes complete, and then you would still need to buy or have a lower, which I have, and that's why I bought that 
pistol brace for, so I'm going to go with the shorter barrel. I'm probably going to try and get, if I can find in, find one. And I'm not in the super big rush. That's another thing too. But if I can find one of the eight and a half, they're sort of the little bit rare breed, so to speak, other than the 10 and a half or the 16. And I, I think the 16, they have a nine millimeter and 16. I'm, in fact, I'm sure they do. Um, but anyway, they, or maybe their 16 is a, uh, I know the Foxtrot mic makes a 16 inch 223, but their charging handle on that one is toward the rear. So, I don't know. The um, Foxtrot mic also is is making a lower that would go with their upper. And so everything is going to kind of, in theory, will work. I've seen some guys out there that said, oh, this is kind of some of the problems we've had. This is how we fixed them, that type of thing. So it is a little bit of a risk, but I, I think that's the route I'm going to go rather than the uh, the Ruger. I still like that gun. I think it's a cool little a little carbine, but I do want to have something that's more the pistol size. And part of that is I'm going to be running that a lot of times suppressed. So, you know, th there's kind of that stuff as well. Um, let's see, what else was I talking about, thinking about? Uh, let me think. Oh, so with the lower, I do have a uh, an old Anderson lower that I've got. And I saw a guy on there who, on YouTube, who was talking about, he had an Anderson lower and he was using uh, a Stern Defense adapter, a Magwell adapter. And the Stern Defense adapter has a uh, auto, the last round bolt hold open, all that type of stuff. And it goes into the Magwell and then you can do some set screws in there, some nylon set screws to keep it in there and keep it pretty secure. And some of the big channels and some of the people that I would not consider necessarily to be a shill or it's a paid product placement for them uh, are saying that they like it and saying that it seems to make sense. So that's kind of the route that I'm going to go. I will build the lower and probably by the time it's all said and done, you know, yeah, it'll be a lot more expensive. It'll probably be at least two, maybe $300 more because I will wait for, that's how I do everything. I kind of wait for everything to go on sale or at least get free shipping or something like that. So uh, but I, I imagine I will probably have about $700 probably into it, which is, a, you know, it's not cheap, but it's not the, the most expensive thing that you can buy. Now, one of the things that you had said in there was that a lot of other, there's not too many um, of these boutique companies that are doing things where you can ex you can change out the magwells. There is one, and I forget off the top of my head because it's not like a main thing. It's like, it was either like Nordic components or something like that. But anyway, there there are people out there that make their full, you know, you can buy the whole their whole kit and caboodle, but those are expensive. They are like $1,300, $1,400 for those things. And... And I can't remember, like I said, which one did it. Let me, I'm going to take a pause here and, and see if I can't find it real quick. Okay, so I searched around a little bit and it, I was correct. It was Nordic Components. Now, they, 
on their pistol caliber carbine, they make a, a full rifle. You can buy it, probably just the upper, probably just the lower. However, I think it, I don't know if they would be, it's probably proprietary to them. So I don't know if you could use another nine millimeter upper with their, with their lower. So, but they do make a thing where they take, it takes Glock mags and I think Smith and Wesson, the M and P mags. And supposedly there were plans for them to make their, they, what it is on the lower, you can swap out the little mag well that's in there and it, it kind of is, is held in there with the push pins type thing. So there are things out there where they, where they do offer kind of support, um, whether they'll make them for, you know, H and H and K or whether they'll make them for Ruger stuff. You know, I don't know. Probably the, the two big, most popular ones out there right now, as far as pistols that you would want to be able to use your, uh, current pistol magazines in would be the Glock and the Smith and Wesson M and P after that, I don't know, but here's the thing. Probably if they were, if they were looking at the price of their rifle and who they would maybe say, oh, okay, well, somebody's not, if, if they're willing to spend that much, because I think it's like $1,600. It was like 1300 to $1,600 for that Nordic component. Now that may come down over time. I don't know, but HKs tend to be a little more spendy. And so there's a lot of people out there with the P30s and that type of stuff. And there's a lot of people out there now with the VP9s. And of course the magazines for the VP9 and the P30s are, are exchangeable. So are, are interchangeable, I guess. So I don't know. I would think that maybe they would try and maybe do that. Or maybe there would be another, it's hard to say if there would be another third party company other than something like Magpul that would, you know, make an adapter or something like that for it. I don't, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I think uh, that is about it. Spencer, I want to say thank you very much for sending that stuff in. Lots of good points. I hope you really enjoy the uh, Ruger pistol caliber carbine that you have. And there was another gentleman who had sent in a thing saying that he had bought one as well. Hopefully we'll be able to get some range reports from you. If you wouldn't mind, Spencer, I'd love to have you once you got a few rounds in that thing. Maybe you've already got a ton of it through there. Let me know kind of your overall thoughts on how is it performing for you? Have you taken it to any type of a competition or anything like that? I know that there's kind of a rise in matches where they're doing pistol caliber, where they're doing the PCCs. That's just easier to say it that way. So I don't know if there's any of that, anything like that out that in your area. But uh, like I said, again, I'd love to hear a range report, see kind of how it does for you long-term, that type of deal. All right, I think we will draw the show to a close. Let me give you the contact info once again, and then we'll sign off. So if you'd like to contact me, we do have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you want to record your own audio and send that in, or if you want to send in an email like Spencer and Barry did, and I'll read that stuff out for you on the air, you can do so at firearmscafe at protonmail.com. Let me spell that last thing for you. So it's firearmscafe at proton, P-R-O-T-O-N, mail.com. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time.